The scripture reading this morning is one of those that's one of my, I guess you'd call it life scriptures. You know, once you come to know the Lord and you start walking with him, you start looking in the Bible and you see your life confirmed in God's word. Sometimes he calls you to do things and then you look in scripture and say, hey, that's just like what I did. And two of my life scriptures that I guess you could put together would be, first of all, of the story of the prodigal son who drifted far, far away. And then whenever he decided that he wasn't happy where he was, that it was better in his father's house and he came back home and he was welcomed by his father with open arms and was uh, reinstated immediately into the family. Well, that's number one. Number two is the one that we read today where we see that Abraham, when he was 75 years old, and some of you that think you're too old to be moving on with God, he just got started good when he was 75. So this is for you, even if you're a, a septa or an octo or a nonogenarian, this scripture's for you this morning because uh, God called to Abraham. His name was Abram at that time. And he told him to do something. He told him to leave where he was and go somewhere that God was going to give him. But he didn't tell him where he was going to go. But it says that in faith, Abraham got up and went. And this is uh, what uh, the main point we need to make today. And that is that uh, leaving is a part of the pattern that you see all through Scripture. Uh, God uh, wants you uh, to leave something whenever you start walking with him. First of all, you leave the ways of the world, don't you? You can't continue to live in sin and be the Lord's. Once all of a sudden you've appropriated the cross personally for your personal sin, so you don't want to trot underfoot the blood of Jesus, and then he is now your Lord, and you listen to him, and you study his word, and you find out the way that he wants to you to live your life, what is pleasing to him, and you live that life that is pleasing to him. And as you live that life, you're leaving a life behind. And all of life is a journey of leaving those things that uh, are no longer uh, the things that you should be embracing and embracing those things that lie ahead for God. Now, it requires you to leave. And God wants to do some great things in your life. He wants to impact his kingdom through you. He wants to use your life for his honor and his glory. You were created for that, and you're never going to really be happy until you embrace that. In your future, no matter how old you are, there are some wonderful days ahead in God's kingdom. And here's what you have to understand. Whenever God wants to use your life, there's always going to be a form of of leaving. Now, I don't claim to know why in totality, but there's something that's 
pretty clear as far as a pattern that we see in the Bible about this. And I think a big part is because God has a plan and everything that's happening is a part of his plan. And it's a good plan because God is good. I didn't hardly hear that. God is good. And all the time. That's right. It's a good plan and it's a big plan. And it's so big that it includes you in a very specific way. And his plan moves inexorably forward, whether we're wanting it to or not. And as people are born and are living their lives, they hear his call to get involved in his plan because his plan includes them. He wants to include you in his big plan, in the big picture, but he also has it all planned out to the minutest detail. Jesus is our greatest example in all of this as far as moving along in God's plan. First of all, and I love uh, in uh, number 363 in our hymnal, that is Charles Wesley's uh, testimony, really, and can it be that I should gain an interest in my Savior's blood? Look at verse number three, if you've opened up your hymnal to 363. You know, we're called to leave. Look, Look what Jesus did. He left his father's throne above, so free, so infinite his grace, emptied himself of all but love, and bled and died for Adam's helpless race. Tis mercy all, immense and free, for, oh my God, it found out me. You see, In accordance with God's plan, Jesus had to leave heaven, and he did. And then he came, and he did all the things that the Father had for him to do here. And then in John, the 14th chapter, we see him preparing his uh, disciples because he was going to have to do what? Leave. And he wanted to make sure that they understood that everything was going to be okay. And so he told them, don't let your hearts be troubled, neither be afraid. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many dwelling places. If we're not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. Where he began preparing that place for you wasn't when he got back up to heaven. He began preparing that place for you when he went to the cross to gain your entrance into heaven. And so then after he was raised from the dead and God validated that purchase that he made of your place in heaven, then what happened? He went back and as we said this morning, He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then we say what? From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. He's going to leave heaven again. Do you see? Jesus is always having to leave to fulfill God's plan. So how should we expect 
us not to have to leave in order to fill God's plan. And so there's always something that we're going to be leaving. And here we see just our great example, Abraham, the father of our faith. And we see in him uh, the fact that the life of faith is an act of leaving all along the way. He's always trying to get us to leave where we are so he can get us to where he wants us to be. And leaving's not necessarily geographical. You see, some of you, God is speaking to your heart right now this morning about leaving. And he's been speaking to you about leaving. And the reason why we're having this talk this morning is because he wanted you to be sure that you understood that he really wanted you to leave. Uh, for some of you, it's spiritually. Some of you are stuck spiritually. And God wants uh, you to move from where you are to where he has been calling you to be. He wants to use your life for his honor. And you are reluctant to do the things that he's been calling you to do spiritually. And some of you need to leave right now. You need to start this morning to begin to grow spiritually once more. And he's speaking to some of you that you need to leave. Leave where you are. God wants to use your life, but you're going to have to get up and start going with him before he can. For some of you, it's leaving the pain of the past. You've been hurt. You've been hurt deeply. You've been damaged emotionally. And God is speaking to your heart this morning to leave where you are, to leave your past and to begin to embrace the wonderful present and future that a good God has for you. Some of you need to leave bitterness, even bitterness toward God, because as we've said, God is good. All the time. And so he's calling you to leave your bitterness even toward him. To get up off your little pity pot and start moving on with him again. For some of you, it's a sin issue. You're living uh, a life of sin. There's, or maybe there's one besetting sin that you just haven't been wanting to let go of. And you know you need to. And he's speaking to you right now. You need to, whenever you come to the altar, say, Lord, you died for this sin. I'm dying to it now. And I'm living for you when you come to communion this morning. Well, with some of you, it's leaving your comfort zone. There's something that you know that he's been wanting you to do. But you're just so complacent and so comfortable with where you are just right now that you haven't been wanting to move on in something where God wants you to go. And so uh, he's been speaking to you about that. And he's reminding you of his goodness and the fact that you can trust him even as you step out of your comfort zone into the life that he really has for you to live. You know what Satan wants to do? God wants you to leave. And uh, that old serpent uh, whispers in your ear or hisses in your ear. 
You can't do that. That's not you. You'll die if you do that. Remember in the garden, the lie was if you eat that fruit or if you touch that fruit, you will not surely die. So now then that he's got us just handling the fruit, gobbling it up like all get out and we're dead spiritually. And he keeps us that way by saying, you can't move on because you'll be leaving who you are. That's right. You will be leaving who you are and becoming who you have been created to be. It's a good thing to move on. Uh, Anyway, he will whisper that into your ear. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. Because then he'll tell you, he'll tell you that your future is in your hands. And this is just it. Our future is not in our hands. Whether we try to control it, you'll find out that you can't. No matter how long we try to put off the Lord's coming again and how much we fear it, he's going to come back, people. You know, there's a time in the history of the church where all of a sudden the church hierarchy realized that they were about to get the gospel spread all around the world. And it said at the end of the Gospels that, and then uh, after that the Gospels would spread around the world, then the end shall come. And they didn't want him to come back. Can you imagine that? They believed the Bible enough to know that when the Gospel spread around the world, that the Lord was going to come back. But they didn't trust God enough to go on with his plan. Sometimes church leadership can get just as messed up as anybody else can, you see. But the thing is, no matter what, we need to be moving on in his plan. Just like the old song says, though none go with me, I still will follow. I will be yours, Lord. Even if nobody else goes forward, I will be yours. So there are three things, you know, this is just it. We know, we should know that God is a good God. We should know that in the depth of our being. That is the heart of faith. And this is the question, and it's an intriguing question. Why don't people live where they are if God wants to use their life? If God has an incredible future for his honor and for you, why don't people want to leave where they are? Well, I could give you three Basic reasons that I see all the time. First reason is people want to live by sight and not by faith. They want to live by sight, not by faith. And Abraham is called the father of faith because he was willing to leave and he was willing to live by faith and not be sight. You see, he... uh, Uh, What we want to do is we want to say, okay, God, you show me and I'll go there. And he said, no, you go and then I'll show you. That's been so hard for Sharon and me because we stepped out into a life of total uncertainty and had to trust the United Methodist itinerant system to be controlled by God to get us to the places where we were supposed to be. And, uh, and God has done that, and he continues to do that. And he will continue, you know, that all different ages and stages of life, 
you can trust that God is going to be in control. And uh, whatever it was, to, it became very clear it was time to retire. So we retired. And then five months in, he was saying, you're not done preaching. And so that's why I'm here. You know, there are only two churches like this in the whole district. And when I called up our district superintendent and said, you know, if you just got some little church somewhere and need somebody to preach on Sunday, he said, well, you know, we've only got two of those churches in this whole district up in Northeast Texas. They've got tons of them. That's why I wound up being an assistant to the district superintendent to help do charge conferences and stuff like that, because there was more little churches than one uh, district superintendent could handle. And so, uh, but anyway, two weeks later, he called and said, hey, I got a church for you. But see, I had to put the word out. I had to take the first step. I didn't know where I was going to go. I'm so glad that it's you guys. It's, this is a wonderful place to be. And uh, I trust that he has us here for a reason. But you see, he's not through with me yet, even though I'll be 70 by the end of this month. And uh, so we've got, uh, you know, this is just a, a, a wonderful thing. You know that God, when I'm 75, God's going to have more for me to do. When you're 95, Lewis, God's going to have more for you to do. There's just always something more. Always, We're always moving forward with him. And so uh, Abram was willing to step out and go, even though God had shown him precisely where. He had to start moving, and then God led him. Now, many of us want to say, Lord, just help me out here. Just tell me where I'm going, then I'll go. But like I said, what he says is, no, you go and then I'll show. So I encourage you, how whatever he's calling you, just start taking those steps toward what he's calling you to. And you know what? The spiritual enemy is right as he's whispering in your ear all these different lies that we've been looking at in the past. You don't have it what it takes. You're not good enough. You can't handle that. All those things we've gone over. Those are true, but you know what? It doesn't make any difference because you see your future is in his hands. And as you put yourself in his hands, then it's not you alone and God's power and God's presence and God's provision will be with you as you take those steps, as you walk away from bitterness God will give you the opportunity and the way to forgive. As you step away from the grief and the pain, he will show you and he will help you and bring healing to you as you move forward. But as long as you stay where you are, you're not going to get any healing. You're not going to feel any hope. You've got to start moving. Your future is in his hands. And, uh, Remember, it's God's hands. We're called to be a people of faith that trust God. He will trust. He'll open doors and he'll lead us into a wonderful life ahead. The second reason people don't leave is because they have a fear of failure. I know some people that their lives are just ruled by fear. And because they fear failing, they're failing in life all the way around. 
And it's just so sad to see someone who's ruled by fear instead of being ruled by the love of God and the goodness of God and the fact that he will help you even overcome your fear as you take steps. Well, also the last reason, the third reason, people don't trust God with their future. Some of them just think they know better because what was how's the phrase go? The devil you know is a lot better than the devil you don't know. Well, the devil you know for some people is a lot better than the God that they haven't really come to really believe and trust and know. And that's so sad because they're missing so much of life. So God's speaking to you. He's speaking to you today, right now, in whatever area he's been bringing to your hearts, even as we've been talking. I want to use your life. There's more that I want to do through your life. And yet right now, you have a fear. You have a fear of letting go. You have a fear of moving forward because you have a fear ultimately of becoming that different person that God is calling you to be. Well, God, the thing is, is that whenever God calls you to do something, he gives you a promise. And in the passage that uh, was read this morning, that Avery read this morning, God gave one call. And, it, and with that call, there were actually seven promises. Now let's, let's look at them. If you've got your hand out there, you can see them down through there. Let's see here. I will make you into a great nation. That's number one. I will bless you. Number two, I will make your name great. That's three. And you will be a blessing. I'm losing count. Four or five. Okay. I will bless those who bless you. That's six. I will curse. No, no, that's that's five. Number six. I will curse those who curse. I will, I will curse. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And number seven. All the peoples of the earth will be blessed by you. So God gave a call. He gave a promise. And then Abraham got up, it says, and he set out from here. He just set out the direction that he knew the Lord wanted him to go. That's all he calls us to do is just start taking the steps and he will be with us. God gives wonderful promises to all of us who are willing to follow him. You'll see uh, Matthew six twenty five through 33 there assuring us uh, that uh, he's going to be with us. And at the very end, he says, don't worry. He says, trust God with your future. He says, trust God with your life. You're not supposed to be worried about what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear. He says, the pagans run after all those things. And this is a part of the leaving. You see, we share now left a life where we were running after uh, provision and uh, different things like that. We had to quit running after those things and start running after God. But the really neat thing is what it says as we go on. So the pagans are those who uh, they, they live and they don't have a trust in God. But surely, you know, as God's people, 
As Christ followers, our trust is in a loving Heavenly Father. Don't you believe it? God is good. All the time. I wasn't. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Amen. You can trust your Heavenly Father. And here's the kicker. In verse 33, he says, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things that you were running after will be added to you. He says, listen, trust me, seek me, put me first. Trust me with your life. Trust me with your marriage. Trust me with your kids. Trust me with your money. Trust me with your future. And if you'll trust me, if you will seek me first, I will take care of you. All the things you're worried about and that you're trying to chase after, I'll take care of those things. I'll provide for you. So listen to the Holy Spirit and leave where you are to be where God wants you to be. Well, as I said, he always has a promise he has a promise, and that promise that we just went over is from you. God speaking to some of you, as we said, we've been saying through this whole sermon, right now, you've got to leave where you are to go where he wants you to be. Do not listen to your spiritual enemy. Don't let him listen. He says you don't have what it takes, that you're going to mess up your future if you start following God. Your future is not in your hands. You don't control your future. Your future is in your heavenly Father's hands. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this time together. And we thank you, Lord, that you have truly been speaking to our hearts. And I pray right now uh, for my brothers and sisters here that you would speak to them. And that you would minister to them by the power of the Holy Spirit. You're speaking to some hearts right now to leave where they are. You're speaking to some people that you want to use their life to make a difference. You have something awesome for their future and you want to use their life, Lord. You're speaking now. You're speaking to some to leave where they are spiritually and to draw nearer to you. You're speaking, leave where you are. Leave that pain at my altar this morning. Leave that bitterness behind and start a new life with me. Leave the pain of that loss. Leave the memory of that terrible experience that haunts you. Leave where you're comfortable. Leave where you are. And Lord, we want to be just like Abraham today. We simply want to say as we gather here at your table this morning, Lord, yes, we hear your voice. And we're leaving, we're leaving now. We're leaving where we are to go where you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.